Hello, 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 and welcome, everyone, to Daring Live. Uh, I am not Jamie Laddie. Uh, my name is Jonathan Fraser. I'm a producer here at Daring Live. Uh, Jamie Laddie is currently out on assignment. Uh, we wish him well in all of his endeavors. With me today, though, is the constant, the venerable, the one, the only, Dave Bandrowski. How are you, Dave? All right. Good to be here. Good, man. Good to see you. Good to see you. How's, uh, how's things out in New Orleans, dude? nice you know hot and humid like every great. <laughs> that great that tastes great together hot and humid that's okay it's uh i'm in southern california it is 97 degrees here wow. which has like come to be like somewhat temperate um yeah some days out here it gets up in the hundreds and it's just awful just the worst i can't Cannot stand it. Um, but <laughs> today I'm happy. I'm inside. Yeah, it's a try. Get out of here. Um, I'm inside. It's cool. It's temperate. My keyboard is comfortable. I hope you're comfortable. Um, our guest today is coming to us. She's an international guest coming, out, coming to us from New Zealand by way of what? Cambridge, Massachusetts. Is that right? Yep. Uh, I'm looking forward to learning about that move. Uh, she is a co-founder of the band Mile 12, where she currently plays banjo and with that act has won numerous awards, including the 2017 Momentum, of, uh, Momentum Band of the Year and the 2020 IBMA New Artist of the Year Award. She's also one of uh, five people to win the Steve Martin Banjo Prize in 2020. Um, I hope, oh, I see a lot of people in chat already. This is so exciting. I want all of you to uh, put your hands together in chat. Um, you hear me, chat room? Get that applause emoji ready really quick. Um, and put your hands together for the one, the only, our guest today on Daring Live, BB Bounis. Hey, I just hey, hooray, up. hooray. <laughs> you're here. Yeah. You've been in the computer and now you're free. Uh, yeah, welcome. So How are you? Here. I'm good. How are you both? Uh, warm, but I hear though, isn't it like hot out by you? What's the temperature like, uh, out in Cambridge? It's a heat wave right now, which for us is like 95. I know that can't compete with, uh, you in California, but yeah, it's pretty hot. I mean, I feel like at a certain temperature, it, it all just becomes just hot. I think it's just too much. You know what I mean? After a certain threshold where it's just... You know, and what are you guys doing to uh, stay cool out there? We're just staying inside. We have the air conditioner <laughs> cranking. <laughs> yeah, I love Drinking it. Drinking iced I coffee. <laughs> that is. Oh, my gosh. That sounds so good. Um, oh, my gosh. I love it. Yes. Everybody in the chat. Hello. 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 Um, now, before we get too far along here, um, I have a very important question. I hate to, like, just jump straight in uh, with the big stuff, but. Um, your name is BB Bowness. You go by Catherine. Discuss. Yeah, Catherine is my birth name, and uh, my grandmother called me Catherine, but sadly she passed away, and so there's not many oh, other sorry. people that call me Catherine anymore. My my parents even call me BB. Um, it's just like a long-standing nickname. It kind of kind of took to me and stuck and now I don't think it'll ever go away. <laughs> it's been Where did it come from? 25 years. Uh, my grandfather called me BB um, when sweet. I was, you know, about five years old. So, yeah. Wow. That is so, so wonderful. I love that. Um, <laughs> it's funny. I, uh, <laughs> I call my little girl BB sometimes too. So that's very funny. Um, nice. Yeah. Yeah. You know, families. Hmm. Um, before we get too far along, how would you like to uh, play us in with a tune? You got something picked out for us? Yeah, sure. Yeah, I'll start with this um, this D major prelude I've been working on recently. Um, it's composed by Adam Larrabee. He's done a whole book of preludes for banjo. There's uh, 24 of them going to be published, uh, one in every major key and one in every minor key. And this one is uh, a kind of a long one. It's a, th <laughs> I hope you're ready for, you know, just start off with the four minute long slow banjo tune. Um, yeah, it's a strap in <laughs> chat. Yeah, strap in. It's a theme and variation. So that you hear the, the slow theme first and then there's kind of just a, a bunch of variations. So yeah, I'll give it a go for you. Very cool. Oh, we're so excited, everybody. BB Bounce. 
Fantastic. That was beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. And did you learn that, was it, you know, you, as you said, it was a piece from Adam Larrabee, but did you learn it? Did he teach you this or did you learn it from a pre, is it part of that book that's coming out and you learn it from like a, you know, a, a pre-copy? It's actually out. Yeah. So that, oh, okay. um, oh, I, yeah. I don't, I should have had it here beside me, but yeah, I've got the book. Um, it has the first like six of them in it. So, uh, that's one, of the, one in the first book, the D major, okay. uh, almost as written. There was a couple of mistakes in there, but, uh, yeah. Yeah. So I, I've been working on that for the last uh, few weeks and yeah, really enjoying it. It's like a beautiful piece of music. And playing that kind of music on the banjo, how do you, Feel it like helps your more traditional playing. Does do you feel like a difference in just your technique, kind of, on your understand more straight ahead bluegrass playing? I think so. Um, honestly, I mean, with the pandemic, I haven't really been playing a ton of bluegrass. Like I'm sure everyone's kind of been hunkered down the same way, so I haven't uh, tested that theory yet. But yeah, it's nice right. to just be able to learn some like solo banjo music that's written from a banjo player, you know, because a, a lot of the solo, more like classical kind of music um, that I've learned in the past has been for violin or for cello or other stuff. And you can always make it work on the banjo, but um, it's just really nice to like learn some stuff that's, you know, it's kind of like, but it has, it's composed by a classical musician, but he also happens to be a banjo player, so he's like writing it in a very banjoistic way, which is right, really cool. And, makes, and yeah, in terms of like fingerings yeah, make sense I, and things like that. Exactly, fingerings make sense, or even though they're still they can still be really tricky like pieces, but it's like I don't know, it just like comes from a different kind of angle, I guess. Um, with with like violin music, there's always a part of me that's like wondering if it's going to be possible or not. Whereas for at least this, it's like, well, somebody's played this on the banjo before, so <laughs> right, it must right. be possible in some sense. 
Yeah. Right. Like totally. When I've tried to play other other other, you know, other instruments, music before, wondering, you know, having that that curiosity: is this even possible? Am I wasting my time? <laughs> yeah. Or like you have to cut out certain notes, or like um, oftentimes I have to like change the key of a piece so that it'll yeah. like logistically fit in the two yeah. and a half octaves. <laughs> right. Yeah. And and so you said you haven't been playing that much bluegrass. What do you have you been playing when you're just around the house by yourself? What do you usually pick up? Uh, what do you usually start playing? Yeah, it's a, I mean, good question. Like bluegrass, uh, you know, I've still been playing kind of bluegrass fiddle tunes and stuff. But I, th- I feel like your question was kind of more directed to like banjo music or uh, singing song bluegrass music. My husband and I have been mm-hmm. playing a lot during the pandemic and that's mostly fiddle tune kind of stuff. Um, okay. Still bluegrass, but yeah, a little sure. bit less like trad, you know, like kick off old home place or, you know, I think if right. I got into a jam with a, like singing bluegrass, I'd probably be like, yeah, how does that song go again? <laughs> I know what you mean, yeah. And... Um, and what are some things that you practice when you kind of pick up the instrument when you're yeah it's a good question it really depends on the day like at the moment i'm practicing kind of getting back into the band material because we have played a few gigs so i'm kind of remembering how you know oh yeah this solo always gives me trouble or always i don't feel super happy with how i play on this song um so it's kind of that stuff at the moment but yeah it was challenging through the pandemic it's like what do you play when there's no gigs coming up at all you know um i think i often just pick up the banjo and just kind of see like what comes out of it you know just um often just play free for a little bit and i'll just kind of follow my nose around and see you know, maybe I, I hear some kind of idea that I, oh, I didn't, you know, that doesn't feel quite comfortable yet. So maybe I'll like work on a little of that, whatever that is. Um, I've done a lot of, you know, like scale stuff, arpeggio stuff. But at a certain point, you know, it's nice to play music <laughs> with other people. So um, mm-hmm. I think... Yeah, usually something will inspire me. I'll learn a new tune or I'll, I'll play something with Alex and be like, you know what, I want to get better at soloing on that. So I'll practice kind of improvising on it. Um, those kinds of things is what I've been doing lately. And do you compose? I mean, you said you picked it up and sometimes just let you know play free. Do you ever make any of these ideas turn into an actual piece that you can play, you know, a month from now? Yeah, they. Uh, I do do some of that. I definitely go through phases. Like um, the band has done one of my tunes um, on one of our earlier records, and that was a tune called Wickwire. I don't know. I'm sure if I could actually remember how to play it right now, but um, but yeah, I I do go through periods where I, I you know composing tunes, and I'm really good at composing like an A part or a B part or a C part, but maybe not putting them all together into like a formal tune. I've got to work on that. I'm, I'm great at right. like ha- half tunes. <laughs> yeah. How do you, how do you capture it? I know, you know, I have personally, I have trouble getting ideas down to a spot where I can have, remember it later other, you know, other than just recording it and then have to transcribe myself, which gets a little frustrating. Um, yeah on my phone or something definitely i've done a lot of audio recordings and i'll listen back i'll be like that's really cool sounding but what on earth am i doing i can't even remember the voicing or the fingering it'll be some like crazy like thing i came up with but so i started more recently videos because then at least i get an idea of like oh yeah my fingers are kind of in that shape or whatever right but then you have a whole phone full of videos which is another you know (laughs) right now my phone memory issue (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I think that the trick, I guess, the challenging part for me is I, I often go through periods where I'm really inspired to like get down ideas and like I have a tune, a couple of parts for a tune or whatever. But I, I don't, I haven't got a solo album out yet, and I probably will do that at some point, and that would probably be a good like a deadline to have. But at the moment, I don't have a reason to like have to have them all finished. So they kind mm-hmm. of, I just kind of sit there with like 
those videos on my phone or, you know, an iTunes playlist of like, it's like having all these limbs lying around, but they don't make mm -hmm. a full person yet. Right. So, so um, yeah, that's a, a but, good But you're I never think, like writing down, like writing down like little phrases and tab or something like that. I don't really do the tab thing because I'm actually not that fast at reading tab anymore, especially like over the um, 12th fret. Like if I see a 17 written down, I'm like, where is the 7th? I have to like count up to it now. So especially up there, I'm much better at knowing F sharp, A, E, G, you know, I'm knowing the note names rather than the tablature. So tablature is, is like just as hard as like relearning it from the audio or something like that. And you teach quite a bit. What's kind of your philosophy with teaching and tab versus learning by ear? Ah, a good question. <laughs> there's, there's a. I think tablature can be good for the right people um, if they're the sort of person that can digest something quickly and then just feel comfortable after a few days to memorize it, and then they never kind of look at the tab again, then they might be a good candidate for using tab. But most students I've ever taught, it's like much better to just not tell them that tab exists. <laughs> I'm very deceptive. <laughs> I say, yeah, everyone, here's this tune. It's called Cripple Creek. And I go... And then I send them a video of me doing it super slowly, like this, you know, so you can see both my hands and can tell what I'm doing exactly. And then that's it, you know? I, I did used to, I've been teaching for about as long as I've lived in Boston, which is like eight years or so. And I used to give people a tab all the time until I realized that it was a horrible thing to, for a lot of people. They just would come in lesson after lesson and just be like, I'm almost off the tab. I'm, I'm nearly, I've nearly got it memorized. Tr trust me, I'm nearly there. And it's just like, it's easier to just not even go there in that case, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Um. Backing up on your history a little bit, you know, you're coming from New Zealand. How'd you, um, how'd you become a banjo player in New Zealand? And, uh, and, ha and then how did you learn as well? I actually did learn from Tabla. Um, I started, well, I had a teacher, Mark Warren, who's a banjo player in New Zealand. He happened to live really close to where my parents live. So I, you know, I went in for like weekly lessons and stuff. Um, he wasn't like, he, uh, you know, I had to kind of beg him for banjo lessons because he wasn't really a, a banjo teacher. He was a carpenter. Um, but so he, he gave, gave in and started giving me lessons. And it was, a, it was a neat thing because, you know, we'd both be really into the same tunes and would like kind of get the t Bailiff Lake tab book out and like work on Slipstream or Whitewater or all those kinds of tunes. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, my probably looking back on it, it would have been nice to do a little bit more not from the tab and from ear training and stuff. But it was a great start. I mean, the fact that he taught me, you know, his, the first tunes I learned were kind of in the melodic style, which um, is kind of backwards from maybe what a lot of people do with, you know, Scrag style first and then doing melodic style second. But, um, yeah, it worked for me. And, I, you know, when I moved to Boston and when I came over to America, I got a lot of, you know, bluegrass I, I was surrounded by much more bluegrass than in New Zealand, so I got to really study, like, J.D. Crow and Earl Scruggs and all those guys. Um, so, yeah, I, I think uh, it was a good it was a good um, way to get into it, and I think no matter how you get into it, as long as you, like, keep going, you know, you're going you're gonna to get uh, well more and more well-rounded as the years go by. Um, but that was kind of unrelated to the question you first asked me, which was how I got into banjo in New Zealand. <laughs> And that's, um, yeah, this guy, Mark, was a, par a friend of my parents. He actually lived in their rental house, and we were painting one day, and uh, we just saw a picture of him playing the banjo, and I had never seen the banjo before. I was like, what is that funny instrument? I was learning guitar. I, I could play, like, a few chords on the guitar um, at, down at the local music store. And, uh, yeah, he, he got it out. He wasn't playing much at the time, but he kind of fished it out for us and was like, this is what you know, the banjo is, and he played me like a tune and I was enamored. So yeah, that, that was kind of where it started. And, uh, you know, I didn't really, I was 12 then. I didn't really realize that there weren't too many other banjo players in New Zealand. There are a few, but <laughs> not a ton. And, um, yeah, it's kind of a, an interesting road. We, you know, mostly I think 
my first trip to America was a real eye opener because I got to hear people like Bill Evans and Noam Bacalny and Alan Monday, all these amazing banjo players, like at the bluegrass festivals and at the the camps and stuff that we went mm-hmm. to. So that was kind of like, oh, <laughs> I took home like a stack of books and DVDs and all that kind of stuff. It was really before like YouTube. YouTube did exist, but our, our internet was so bad that I couldn't really download them anyway. Um, so yeah, it was a lot of a lot of learning from DVDs and books and things like that. And are there bluegrass festivals in New Zealand? Did you? And if there are, did you go to them? There is one now, and it's happened I think three times. Um, so no, not when I was not when I was there growing up. But there were folk festivals, and there was always this core, like hardcore group of like ten bluegrass people that went to those folk festivals right. and had a jam session, and they were kind of like you know the outsiders or whatever. <laughs> right. So yeah, as a kid, I, I definitely went to those folk festivals. And in Australia, there was um, like at least a couple of bluegrass festivals that, you know, I flew over a few times as a teenager and I went to some of those bluegrass festivals. But yeah, now the Kiwi Grass is the New Zealand Bluegrass Festival. And I think they were the only bluegrass festival in the world that was happening last year in person because of COVID. Wow. wow. Uh, something like that. It was like February 2020. Uh, 20, right, right, right. Yeah. 2021, actually. 2021. Yeah. And you went to music school in New Zealand too, right? Yeah, yeah. I, you did, yeah, yeah. So I was sort of like started when I was 12 on the banjo and then just continued to play through my teenage years and, um, yeah, was considering what, what do I do, you know, as a young youngin to go to university and study music. And the New Zealand School of Music kindly let me audition there on the banjo. I remember calling them up and being like, can I, you know, set a date for an audition? And they were kind of like, yeah, sure, what instrument? And I said, banjo. <laughs> and they were like, um, let me get back to you on that one. But it all worked out great. Um, yeah, I, I studied in the jazz department, which I, I felt like was a little bit kind of made more sense in the classical department just because of like jazz, improv, you know, learning the scales, learning all that stuff kind of flows over to bluegrass at least a little bit. And also sight reading, like, you know, pieces of music on the banjo would be kind of tricky I think in the in the classical music department so yeah I did that for three years the New Zealand School of Music and then moved to Boston. And did you ever start to play jazz gigs on the five-string banjo? I wish Um, I didn't I don't think I played any gigs I think there was a couple of like in school events that were kind of out at bars and stuff but not like I didn't really get into the gigging thing um but yeah, I was lo- I was practicing a lot of you know jazz tunes and stuff, um, and right. in school like that was mainly what I was working on for those few years. So, okay. Yeah. But you don't say so you don't do like, like like a solo jazz guitar, but so you know solo jazz banjo sort of like but you know sort of gig like for a wedding or something like that. No, that would that would be really I would find that really hard. I'm sure there are people that could do that, but. Um, yeah, I've I've not worked on it enough to be able to pull yeah. off solo jazz banjo. <laughs> and and what brought you to uh, what brought you to the U.S. when to Boston area? Well, I moved over. Um, I New Zealand government has like a one year work visa that you can get onto for no good reason. Basically, you can come over without any employment set up or any contacts or anything like that. So that's what I did at fresh out of school. Um, you have to go within one year of like graduating. So if you get on it, if you know about it, then you can kind of come over and do that. And I moved to Boston. I was just planning to stay for the year on this um, work visa. But yeah, I just met all all sorts of good people here and, and really enjoyed like the very vibrant bluegrass scene. But, you know, a lot of folks were going to Berkeley college music at that time and that's kind of where I met my bandmates um from mile 12 and just got kind of hooked in here so I applied for another visa you know a three-year visa this time and then after that I got married and um now I'm a citizen so it kind of one thing after another you know (laughs) thank you (laughs) (laughs) well do you want to play another tune for us yeah that'd be that'd be good um I'll do another of the Adam Larrabee pieces if that's yeah. cool. Yeah. Awesome. 
Yeah, so this one's a C-sharp minor one. Um, again, these are as actually, I just learned both of these pieces, so hopefully this and one goes right. This, what is this called, too, before you... I don't think they have names. It's C-sharp minor. <laughs> okay, sure. Prelude, sure. yeah, by Adam Library. Um, and the first one was D major. <laughs> sure. But and these are cool, all in yeah. standard G tuning? Yes, and they are in standard G tuning. And you'll hear on this one... Um, the fifth string is still like G, right, on the pieces in C-sharp minor, so it goes through all these different chords, and you can kind of hear, it's very cool, you hear all the G sticking out yeah. every time, so, yeah, that's, uh, it's, it's very banjo, you know, it's just like exploring all these different flavors with like the banjo in end, which is great. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I got to check out this book. I, I, I really, the, the pieces sound incredible. Yeah, they're super fun. All I've I've went through, you know, a bunch of them by now, and and I've learned a few from the next, like the upcoming books as well. It's like it's just a great study to romp through some keys you don't always like get to play in, you know. Right, different. Fiddle twos usually aren't in C sharp minor. There's not too many like <laughs> reels in C sharp minor, I guess. <laughs> In G tuning too. Yeah. Well, we have some questions in the chat. Um, we have awesome. we have Julie Colton saying, "I'm a tab junkie. I struggle to learn banjo tunes in my head. On fiddle, the melodies go straight in. Why is that?" Oh, that's a tough one. Um, fiddle is much more intuitive. You know, the tuning. Do you play other instruments as well, David? I play guitar and tenor banjo and five string banjo. And Piano. Yes, I'm like only a banjo player. I've always been pretty much a banjo. After those first three chords I learned on the guitar, I just defaulted to the banjo. So it feels like it's kind of normal for me. But I get that it's it's not a really intuitive instrument. And I think if you're also a fiddle player, the fiddle probably just feels much more intuitive. Like you can hear the melody and then you can kind of move your fingers up or down and the sound goes up and down. And if you're trying to do like melodic style banjo, it's the opposite of that. Um, it really is just doesn't make much sense. So it's a struggle. And especially I think the other thing that goes in with that is like if you're used to reading from tab and you're kind of like visualizing the tab in your head, it's just hard to get that, get out of that. Um, as much like ear training and learning by ear really, really slowly you can do, it does get easier, but you have to be pretty disciplined about it. I always try, try and tell my students to, like, learn less, you know, don't expect as much. Like, if you can get a half a measure one day practicing and then, you know, skip over the few notes you can't figure out and go on and try and figure out the next measure the next day, you know. on I think on tab we get used to this, like, fast-paced, like, I learned this whole tune today, but then we don't really, like, know it to the same degree as if we were to learn that by ear. Um, so I think really slow 
but by ear is really good. Also, video learning is a really nice way to kind of transition because you're still like relying on your ears to re-remember what it was you were working on yesterday. Like, what was that phrase in that tune I was working on yesterday? But you can also see the person, which is a really big help for banjo. Like, if if you hear that, it could just be so many different versions of that same note, right? If we think about the piano and the way that's laid out, there's one G um, in that octave. Whereas banjo, there's going to be so many different, especially those G's and the D's, you know, there's so many different ways we can play that same note on our instrument that it really is helpful to see someone doing it as well. Right. And do you think when you're remembering tunes, are you, are you thinking about the harmony some too? Like, you, like I'm going in a G position, I'm playing out of an, like an F position a little bit. So it's not just... Less when it's a fiddle tune, but more when it's a um, like a piece that you kind of just played that, that um, where it, where you're arpeggiating where it's melody and arpeggiating through the harmony at the same time. Oh yeah, is like that, for that piece, that I was just mentally. Yeah, the one how I you kind of would you look at it, you know? Totally, yeah, yeah. If it's a tune like one I just played, I would I I'm mostly thinking about what the chords are, but the, you know the, that's because that's kind of the melody of that tune is almost like the the arpeggiation of the chords, right? Right. Um, whereas that first one, it's kind of I'm kind of more hearing like that melody. So there's a different. It's different for different types of tunes. I'm gonna just like turn my phone on silent, which I thought it was already. Um, <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah. Definitely tying in, like understanding, I think the more you can kind of thinking about what the melody is and, and the more, know, you know, if you kind of know that the seventh fret second string is an F sharp and you know that the eight, you know, the seventh fret first string is an A note, the more notes you can learn and you can understand that that's also part of a D chord, um, the more it'll like make sense to, to you, you know, so I'm a big fan of... Um, tying in you know not only is it ear training but it's also kind of like making these links between the melody notes and like understanding what those notes are what understanding how they fit in with the chords and i think then when you learn another tune that has those same two notes you kind of understand a little better right oh it's it's that same thing again it's the d yeah we have um gigi good i like Gigido, I think, <laughs> in, in the chat. Just, just it's not a question. Really, just uh, kind of backing up what what you've been saying is. Uh, they yeah. said I felt I, st I started to really understand and learn the banjo when I dropped tabs and started learning songs by listening to recordings and trying to imitate. Yeah, it's Would you agree awesome. One hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. And I think a um, big thing for banjo players is like often we get caught up in like. <laughs> Trying to learn that kind of note for note, like the whole roll, the, all the pull-offs exactly. And while that's a really good thing, I'm actually a, a big fan of like trying to, you know, learn these banjo arrangements as close as we can get them to the original. I think we sometimes lose sight of like, well, what's the actual song, you know? Do, do, mm -hmm. do, 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 do. Right. It's a pretty simple melody if you just take the um, whatever it is that like Tony Rice is singing or whoever is the singer on that recording. And that's a really good exercise, not only just like trying to learn the banjo vocabulary, but just trying to isolate those main melody notes, playing, you know, the syllables of the words. There's a well-beaten path on that old mountainside where I and then you can kind of fill it in if you get good at doing that well first thing is if you can do that quickly in a jam session I would rather hear somebody play that that's like the melody but kind of sparsely than just something completely unrelated to the song entirely you know so instead of focusing on trying to play a whole bunch of eighth notes um, with the chords you know trying to dial in what the melody note like is it the third that they're starting on or is it the fifth of the chord you know it's usually a chord tone so there's really only going to be you know a couple of options but getting good at doing that I think is a really big step I think what you just did too showing that you knew the lyrics to the song <laughs> yeah I'm actually terrible know, at that 
<laughs> but it allows you to know the the melody of the song. It also allows you to know what the song's about. Um, there's mm-hmm. a great drummer here in New Orleans, Johnny Vodakovich, who he had taught me always learn the lyrics, and uh, and he's a drummer. And you know, because mm-hmm. you know, if you're just playing something that you know song's about something if you're just playing without really getting what the vibe is then it doesn't really relate yeah Um, yeah i think i think that's really cool it it just helps us to like if you can you know pick out that and understand the the basics of the song it's much mm -hmm. better than uh yeah it's a really tough balance because you know if you don't study the the banjo masters you know you'll kind of you'll you'll be playing the melody you'll be playing the right thing but you may not sound like as bluegrassy or as you know banjoy as you want to so i think honestly in an ideal world if you're trying to get better at like bluegrass banjo i would do those, those two different aspects like one is like take a tune and really for a few months like really get good at the note for note kind of arrangement of what it whether it be cripple creek or blue ridge cabin home or something really standard um, like that and then take the things from that song and really try and apply them like taking a lick you know, and really master that lick and then try and put it into a few different other songs as well as that other thing of like really just understanding like ear training get good at picking out melodies picking out the chords um, maybe you learn a song and then try and like put it into a different key even right that's a big thing that's like one of the, one of the most annoying things at a jam session when you you've worked for like six months on Blue Ridge Cabin Home and then a person at the jam's like let's do it in the key of C and you're kind of like no, <laughs> but um, really you know if you know the song well enough you know you'll be able to figure out at least at least something to play in those other keys as well right you know getting the basic melody and figuring out where the chord changes are, you can make something up. Yeah, 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 and. I saw you you did a transcription of a Tony Rice solo. Um, <laughs> do you suggest learning some, doing that sort of thing, taking solos of other instruments um, and trying to put it on the banjo so to kind of break you out of your box of your just your the things you normally do? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it depends where you're at. Like, um, I think having a really good foundation of, like, you know, knowing your instrument well enough so you can pick out those melody notes and know your your chord voicings first. And there's a lot you can kind of learn from banjo people before you really need to go out to other folks. But yeah, if you're at that point where you can, um, your ears are good enough to be able to like listen to a Tony Rice solo or a fiddle lick or any other instrument, it could even be like a um, rock and roll guitar lick or, you know, it doesn't have to even be in bluegrass, but I think it's a great thing. It really opens up little like new corners of the banjo um, when you're doing that kind of stuff. So yeah, definitely a big fan of transcribing other instruments. I think most banjo pl- players I you know know and hang out with have done a lot of that actually. Um, yeah, yeah. Cool. Well, we have a question in the chat here. Um, it's they're saying I belong to the to the group that play for the love of banjo music and approaching 60 at that. We only learn by ear and video. What is your advice for us slow fingers? <laughs> I love a banjo. Um, yeah, I mean, that's great that you're learning by ear and video. I mean, that's the biggest advice I have. And it seems like you're playing with other people. I mean, all those things, you know, are the kind of the main things I encourage folks to do when they're learning this stuff. Um, if you're trying to get faster, I, I imagine that was part of that question, the, the slow fingers thing. For speed, um, it's really a matter of working on, well, just really knowing the, the tune really, really well before you're trying to get it much faster. But if you're at the point where you're like, I got this tune down, you know, um, maybe it's a little slower, right? You can kind of play it like, but you want to get it faster, um, the thing to do is practice with the metronome and really start at a really comfortable place for you and really get it nice and even and comfortable so you can really nail it and then just increase it over time. And I, I think keeping a log, keeping a little practice journal of your speed and you know don't expect it to always go up every single day. You'll have days where it just doesn't feel as good and you won't be able to get it as fast. But in general, it's kind of cool to track your your metronome trend for whatever tune it is you're, you're working on. 
Um, and just, yeah, just kind of dial it up little by little. You just kind of lock hottest- down, like, lock down. I, did, I played Cripple Creek at, you know, 80 beats per minute today or something like that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think the hardest thing for, for folks, um, if you're struggling with this kind of, like, getting faster speeds, it's usually playing really well with the metronome at any speed, like slow. Once you can play really well with the metronome, and we always want to like improve upon that, right? It's never like a, oh, I'm done. I can play with the metronome. <laughs> um, but once you feel comfortable and you can kind of hear, you're, you're practicing your listening skills, right? You can hear if you've gotten off it or not. Um, that's when it's going to be not too hard to like increase the actual speed. I mean, technique can kind of get in your way too, right? Like maybe um, there's some folks out there who like are m- using too much motion, like so we want to be ca- kind of efficient with actually both of our hands. But if all if your technique is pretty good and you can play with a metronome and notice that you're off off it or on it, then the really, I think the only barrier is just doing it regularly. And that's where the practice journal comes in because once you start, like you keep a log of like the four or five tunes that you're doing with the metronome and you see that they get faster, it's really inspiring and you kind of want to keep on it. I definitely have had some success with students in the past, like doing that. That's good advice. Um, what about, what about warming up before a gig when it's just like, you know, not feeling good is there tricks like say you've just been in the van for a long road trip and you're running late and you you don't and is there you know and sometimes the hand just on banjo doesn't work but it's hard to muscle through it because you have the metal picks and the metal strings and it's a stream of notes um you any any advice for that there um, that's a tough one. I definitely have that experience a lot of being, you know, a travel, you know, sometimes like the best gigs you'll ever play are after, you know, two flights and a long drive or something. And it's like, oh, I wish this could have been on a day where I just practiced for three hours, but it doesn't always work out like that. Um, right. I, I'm a big fan of actually just like, we used to speak of warming up, but I wash my hands in like hot water. And for me, I have terrible circulation. So for me, that really helps more than any like, exercise or something I would I would do maybe that's a a cop-out to say that but yeah washing your hands and make sure they're nice and warm and toasty and relaxed and um and not clean as well you know I feel like that's a a thing you want it to just feel like feel good um and aside and otherwise I mean I'm kind of like I don't know if I believe in (laughs) warm-ups in the same Mm -hmm. in that sense of like my hands can or cannot do stuff and that just changed from day to day right like sometimes I play and I'm feeling like kind of loose and my ideas are connecting in a good way and other days I just feel kind of not as good but it doesn't feel to me that that's like a um, a hand problem it's more just like a mind problem Um, nerves get in the way or um, you're just feeling kind of distracted or whatever it may be Um, that's usually the issue. So if I'm warming up, it's not in the sense of like my hands need to warm up unless they're actually freezing, in which case I run them under hot water. But it's more just my brain getting into a good mood. And sometimes that means like warming up is just like going for a walk around the block or not playing the banjo um, or jamming with one of my bandmates just to jam on a tune that's like not in the set, you know. Sometimes playing right. something that you're not about to play is kind of good. I'm n- I've never been one of those people that's, like, very good at playing the same piece over and over and over again until you get on stage and then you play the same thing. Uh, that right. You know, I feel like I get to a point and then it just gets worse. Well, let's talk a little bit about your band, Mile 12. Um, but, you know, did were you one of the co-founders of that band or, or did you join yeah. the band? Actually, the four of us were in it from the beginning. So myself, Bronwyn, who's a fiddle player, Evan is a guitarist, and Nate on the bass. And then we just, a few years after that, we added David on the mandolin. Um, So, yeah, I guess in that sense, we're all four of us (laughs) co-founders. Yeah. And y'all have had some some great success. I've just, and then looking at, I see that y'all are getting back out on the road a little bit, um, just looking at your tour dates. are you excited to get back out there? Yeah, I am. I'm a, it's a little crazy right now with the, the COVID situation. And, you know, it's just kind of a new normal, I guess, we're sitting into. But, um, yeah, yeah we're, we've done some stuff. We played at Rocky Grass recently in Colorado, which was always a dream gig for us. Like, 
bucket list. Yeah, you sounded great. Saw you I, out there too. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and then we did a couple of shows in New England last weekend. I think it was. Um, yeah, so it's it's a weird time to be traveling and stuff. It does definitely feels feels weird but it's good it's great to be back with the band we did a week-long rehearsal recently and that was really nice like work up new music that Evan had written during the pandemic so yeah we're hopefully going to record an album this year um somewhere (laughs) yeah and your tour dates are kind of jumping around all over the U.S. though you're 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 like doing like two weeks in you know in the Midwest or something like that it's uh you know, I saw you're in like Houston, then you're in the Northeast, then you're in you're somewhere else. Is, is it, it seems like a lot of travel. Yeah, and after not doing it for a really long time, it's so intense. Like, right. I mean, I, you know, the first tour back was just a, a week or a little over a week because you know I think a few years ago we were kind of I wouldn't say road warriors. Um, we're definitely not really the type of band that loves to just go out forever and ever. But we were really busy. Um, Twenty nineteen was super busy we playing all over in Canada we played in France and crazy amounts of tour, tour dates for us and then to have the whole year off I'm kind of definitely turned into a little bit more of a homebody in the last year um but yeah the, and the other thing that's really weird right now is um the routing you know the some gigs got cancelled other gigs did not get cancelled and so we have a lot of weird stuff going on in the immediate future that just sort of can't be helped right now so we'll see hopefully 20 whatever we're up to now it's gonna be a little better 2022 um, i guess <laughs> yeah yeah hopefully it gets, it gets all clean it gets all back to normal more um I want to talk a little, you're teaching at the Banjo Summit coming up too. Um, yeah, uh, that's going to be online. Do you want to talk a little online. bit about that? Yeah, that, um, it's always a really good time. I've done a few of them now. Um, I flew out to Colorado, you know, years and years ago when it was in person. And then I also did one of the online ones. And it's just a really good core group of people. Um, Jamie Stone, uh, Jake Shipps. Adam Larrabee and Wes Corbett are kind of the main faculty. Um, and so they're kind of on on faculty every every year. And then they bring in a whole bunch of other, you know, special guest teachers um, and performers as well. So even if you're not looking to, like, take a class, there's some really cool shows that kind of happen. So it's usually, like, a weekend long, and it's um, mostly classes, like classes during the day and then kind of a couple of concerts in the evening. And then um, hangout kind of Zoom chat jam situations where some really cool conversations come up about, you know, all sorts of nerdy banjo-related things and learning and what tunes everybody's been, you know, practicing, stuff like that. So it's definitely worthwhile if you're a banjo player. Um, it's covered, you know, there's bluegrass, there's jazz, there's, it's kind of any type of music, all banjo-related. So whatever you're into, there's probably a class on it at the Banjo Summit. Yeah, it sounds like a fantastic... I've, I've, I've missed it, but I, 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 I'd like to check it out. It sounds like a fantastic event. And uh, it's in December, right? Yeah, December and, yeah, online. So it's kind of helpful, sure. you know, you can just kind of do sure. it from wherever. There's actually one more workshop while I'm plugging my uh, upcoming events. There's yeah. a Pinecone Bluegrass Banjo workshop I'm doing coming up soon too. I think September 8th or 9th, something like that. And uh, that's also going to be on Zoom and just an hour-long or maybe a little bit longer than an hour class on improvising bluegrass banjo. And we're going to do a little bit of um, what we were talking about earlier, transcribing other instruments too. So it's more kind of intermediate advanced class, I would say. Um, But, yeah, definitely anyone interested in improvising bluegrass banjo could come check that out. Pinecone. Okay. Definitely, I'll check it out, and we'll try to get the link in, uh, you know, in in in, in the, on the page later. Yeah, perfect. Um, Jonathan, do you want to come in? Do we have some questions in the chat that you want to that are missing? Uh, yeah, um, we do have one here. I saw one. You know, we were just talking about. Uh, you know, improvising and, and learning how to improvise. You see this question here from Daniel White. Daniel asks, any tips for being jam ready, i.e. leading tunes, taking breaks over new tunes, etc. When you don't have a regular, oh, when you don't have a regular place, 
Use your words, John. Any tips for being jam ready when you don't have a regular jam space or people to play with? That's really tough. One of the best things I've found during this pandemic is a app, or I think it's an I think it's an app as well as you can use it online called Strum Machine, and that's just like a really good backing track website, but specifically for bluegrass. So there's like great rhythm guitar with like not horrible tone and bass and mandolin, um, and every any tune you could kind of think of is up there. So that's probably I mean nothing quite replicates being in a room with other people and that's just always a really um individual thing you know that you can't quite do at home but the bit the best thing is yeah i think practicing with backing tracks um and yeah really holding yourself kind of accountable like you're not when you're with a jam one of the main things is that you can't really stop right so that's like a really hard thing to practice if you're not jamming all the time but if you're jamming all the time you get kind of good at that flow and and you know, you'll make a mistake, but you'll hopefully be able to like pick up and keep going through it. So, yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. A lot of, Oh, some positive feedback, um, for strum machine here in the chat. Um, nice. yeah, very cool. Um, I believe you had wanted to close this out with a, a very special tune, yeah. uh, or a special guest performance rather, I suppose. Right. So yeah, you can totally. go ahead and, and get set up for that. Um, Welcoming, uh, welcoming to the stage here, Mr. Alex Rubin. How you doing, Alex? Hiya. Hello, uh, hello. How you doing, Alex? <laughs> Good. Good. Excellent. 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 Nice um, I'm sure everything's going great. Yeah, we're it's going alright. Just an unbroken string of green lights. Um, before we get uh, get out of here, I wanted to let uh, everybody know in the chat. Thank you guys very much for watching. Um, as we oh. Uh, orient ourselves here. There we go. I'm gonna, there we I'm go. Gonna kind of move this so you can see us a bit better. Yeah. <laughs> Very cool. Off when we stop playing. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that sounds good. Um, next week is a very special episode of Deering Live, uh, where we're going to talk about the dangers of cyberbullying. I'm kidding. That's that's just a bad joke. Uh, it's actually Deering Live from Deering HQ. Our guest, Clint Davis, will be passing through uh, our home office, and we're so excited to see him. Uh, we're going to kind of just put on a little special show for you guys. Um, and yeah, we're really looking forward to it. Um, other than that, I believe uh, that's all the special announcements we had. Correct me if I'm wrong, Dave. I think that's it. Yeah. That's like, that's the big one there. Okay. Um, hey, BB, where can people uh, find out more about you? Where are you on the internet? Yeah, I have a website, katherinebaunas.com. <laughs> Misleading. If you Google BB Baunas, I'm sure I'll come up somewhere there. And our band website is mile12bluegrass.com. And uh, Alex also has a website, alexrubinguitar.com, I believe it is. Plugging me on the banjo show. Yeah, in case there's any <laughs> guitar lovers out there. <laughs> mm, spicy. A lot of us play bit guitar, too, where we, we you know, double time it over. So. It's, All right, it's old... a deering guitar. Yeah, right. Banjo. <laughs> 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 wonderful, wonderful. Okay, well um what is uh what are you guys gonna play us out with here we're gonna do a little medley we got into um some strange things during the pandemic and you know we were mostly our only jam partners for each other because we were in the same pod so we were learning a bunch of bark together and we're also learning a bunch of or jamming on a bunch of fiddle tunes so we're going to do a, a mashup of a bark and a fiddle tune the bark is i'm just going to read my note otherwise i would have forgotten Prelude number one, number two in C minor from the well-tempered clavier, and the fiddle tune is da uh, Denver Bell. <laughs> <laughs> should have written that one. I should have written them all down. Yeah. Excellent. Cool. All right. Well, Sweet. thank you very much for joining us, Chad. Thanks so much, BB. This was great. Yeah, BB. Yeah, this has been so fantastic. Much. Thank you. All right. all right. Take it away. Go offline here. <laughs> <laughs> Sure. Yeah, cool. I want to do three.